Welcome everyone to Remembering Resilience, a podcast by Native Americans on Native American resilience through and beyond trauma. Welcome to episode 11 in season two of our podcast. Anin, Gawin Apajini Nata Anishinabe Mosi, Ningako Kajatunji Anishinabe Moyan, Lindsay Indigenakaz, Gazagasquaji Nikag Indunjiba, Edash Walker Inda. I'm Lindsay McMurrin and pleased to join you again as your host today. I am a citizen of the Leech Lake Nation of Ojibwe, a descendant of the White Earth, and live in northern Minnesota with my family. I am honored to work for Family Wise Services, home of Prevent Child Abuse Minnesota, as Director of Tribal Projects and Prevention Initiatives. Through this work, we are able to lift up the importance of our traditional ways of knowing and being. The invaluable wisdom that comes from us, both individually and collectively, as Indigenous community members. My friends and colleagues, Susan Bolio and Brianna Matrius, uh, from University of Minnesota Extension, join us again to visit and share what we have learned on our own journeys. Welcome, ladies. Miigwech, Lindsay. Nagana binese kwe nindijna kaz megazin indodame miskwagame vizaga igening nindonjaba. My name is Susan Bolio, and I'm a citizen of the Red Lake Nation in northern Minnesota. I'm a mother of four and live in central Minnesota with my family. I also work for the University of Minnesota as an extension educator, and I get to work with an amazing team, including Brianna, to support healing and well-being in our indigenous communities here in Minnesota. It's great to be back with you both, continuing to explore more deeply what healing is and ways that we can promote healing at the individual, family, and collective levels. Miigwech, Lindsay, and Susan. Buju, nawakamugukwe indigenakas, name indudem, ajamug indunjaba. Hello, everyone. My name is Brianna Matrias. I'm an enrolled member of the Mille Lacs Band of Ojibwe. I'm a part of the American Indian Resource and Resiliency Team with the University of Minnesota Extension and work as a tribal community facilitator along with Susan Bolio. I currently reside in the urban area, but I'm still very much a part of my hometown, which is located in Pine County. I am passionate about helping people understand the impacts of trauma in our communities and how to bring awareness to healing individually and collectively. Thank you both for this conversation and the wisdom each of you bring into this world. Miigwech, Brianna. In the last episode, we talked about how as individuals, there are skills and capacities we can focus on developing that will help us move through our healing journeys, which is the first layer of the core protective systems. The next layer of the core protective systems is relationship, attachment, and belonging, which we're gonna explore today. These pieces really act as buffers for us to help offset and move through stressors and trauma so they don't get stuck in our physical or energetic bodies. And the next layer out is community culture and spirituality, which we're gonna look at in the next episode. Although each of these layers are distinct, they work together in really powerful ways that can promote health and well-being or diminish it. I think of them like nested bowls, with the smallest bowl being that individual capabilities piece, which is then held by the next bowl or our relationships, which is then held by the largest bowl, which is community culture and spirituality. So how healthy and well I am impacts my family, and how healthy and well me and my family are impacts the overall health and well-being of the community. And how healthy and well the community is impacts how healthy or well the people we're in relationship with are, 
which then impacts how healthy and well I am. So each of these areas are different, or as Dr. Dan Siegel would say, differentiated, but they work best when they are integrated and working as part of a larger whole. Absolutely, Susan. And even when we have these skills, supports, and resources, it can still be really easy to forget to use them. In previous episodes, we had shared our struggles, and even though we are professionals doing this work on a daily basis, it's a great reminder to continue to do our healing work as well. Yes, these days, weeks, months, and years actually have been tough on us all. And it just so happens that lately I have been feeling that strain more than ever. And because of that, I kind of felt like I had hit a roadblock too with how to continue doing this work, this podcast series, in a way that felt authentic. I questioned myself because, again, to come forward into this, um, to be talking about these topics when it's something that maybe I haven't been connecting with in a good way lately, um, that really took a toll on me. Uh, Authenticity is one of my core values. You know, um, ensuring that my actions match my words is important to me. And I just began to think about what it all comes down to, and that's that we're all human. I think so often we feel like we need to maintain that professionalism and compartmentalize and pretend like we're okay even when we're not, Um, especially when we're being impacted by the things going on, you know, in our personal lives as well as our professional lives. And also in the, the world around us today, there is just so much. You know, I begin to come to the realization that, that that's so unrealistic. Um, it's hard to leave yourself at the door, so to speak. And so I'm bringing my full self into this conversation. And for me, uh, the first step was just reaching out to Susan and Brianna and saying, hey, (laughs) I need some help. Um, And I think that's the beautiful thing about being in relationship, Um, being in community with people who not only uh, believe in this work, but also just believe in me. Um, It's powerful. So I'm so thankful that even just through uh, recording this podcast series uh, and our greater attempt to help our community, uh, you know, all of you listening, uh, uh, it's been a good reminder that at the same time, we are all working through our own healing journeys too. And when we bring our authentic selves into this space, in a name, in a very humble uh, way that we struggle too, Uh, That's bringing more of many of our traditional understandings of healing, of how when we are wounded in the collective, we must also heal in the collective, right? Bringing that community and relationship piece into this conversation, as we will be doing today and will continue throughout this podcast. It's just been an aha moment for me too. Um, And so often, it's just about taking that first step right? Reaching out to uh, individuals who I'm in relationship with. uh, That's what helps us get to this place and to bring those topics into this conversation, um, even when it's hard and it maybe feels vulnerable. Um, I think there's power in that. 
So I think it was Brene Brown who told a story about a village where all the women wash clothes together down by the river. Uh, after a time, someone from the outside came in and thought it would be a great addition to the community uh, to get them all washing machines. Following that happening, there was a sudden outbreak of depression, and no one could figure out why. We know, as people who believe in the power of relationship, of being in community with one another, it wasn't the washing machines uh, in in and of themselves that caused the issue. It was the absence of time spent doing things together. It was the absence of relationship, of connection, of community. I think about the the modern times we live in uh, and how we're taught that we need to be independent. Um, That is seen uh, in mainstream society uh, as a highly touted characteristic uh, value. Uh, When we know, and what resonates with me so much more, is that power of being in community with one another, being in relationship, connecting, um, helping others, uh, in order to help our community. And that's where I feel the real reward. And I think so much about that, about the interplay of relationship and connection, how we're wired as human beings to need one another, how traditionally uh, in our cultures, uh, community and, and relationship was really honored and lifted up. It was about the whole of us uh, as community versus the whole of me as an individual. And certainly, um, my well-being as an individual impacts then our overall community well-being. And I think about that so much uh, in terms of how is it that we, um, both as professionals and in my own personal life, how can I ensure that I'm leading a life that reflects my values and values that are important to me are about connection, about belonging, about authenticity. Um, Speaking of Brene Brown, she also shares in her book, uh, Braving the Wilderness, that being lonely affects the length of our life expectancy, similar to smoking 15 cigarettes a day. Right? So it's not only taking a toll on us emotionally, but there are very real physical and health-related implications as well about when we are in uh, those places where we're not feeling that bond, that connection. And so I think about that topic for us today, again, navigating the pandemic and what I like to call the dual pandemics, right? We're not just dealing with COVID right now and, and that immediate health issues that brings forth But I think lately, we've really been shining the light also on the inequities and the racial reckoning that needs to take place um, in our communities as well. And so with that, I'm pleased to have Susan and Rihanna back with us to talk about relationship and connection and what that means for us, how we can cultivate it, how we can support it, how we can truly lift that up as a very necessary component of being healthy, Uh, thriving human beings. I saw 
uh, some research lately that really struck me and bringing forward again, reminding us back to our roots. Um, this in particular was talking about how um, we don't reach self-regulation without co-regulation, right? Especially knowing that that is the first way we're exposed to it from being in your mother's womb, uh, you know, hearing that heartbeat, feeling that movement, right along to after baby is born, right? And we're experiencing oftentimes that same comfort, right, in the arms of a parent or caregiver. Um, I know that still to this day, when I hold babies, I pat their bottoms and I rock, <laughs> right? And that's yep. that, that soothing movement. We've talked about that before in presentations. I'll find myself standing and, and swaying, right? And just remembering, you know, that's reconnecting <laughs> to the, our original form of co-regulation that led to self-regulation. Our emotions are chemicals, there are chemicals in the body and there are certain emotions that can be regenerative like gratitude and love and a sense of connection and then there are emotions that can be um you know uh depleting so we don't talk about emotions being good or bad but there are emotions that can be depleting and we say depleting and i say we not me and the heart math institute i love how they frame it because they're depleting because they are chemicals in the body. And so these chemicals have an effect on all of the cells throughout our body, whether we're, you know, earlier on a side note, we were talking about neurogenesis and the gut and all those types of things, right? Our emotions, because they're chemicals, impact our physical body. And so that, Lindsay, really helped me to understand, like when we learned about ACEs, it was sort of like, oh, high ACEs lead to, you know, all these health disparities and mental health issues. And with some of the neuroscience, I could understand the mental health issues, but I was like, what's going on with, you know, the, um, the, the physical aspect, but just sort of recognizing, um, you know, when we're in, in fear, in anxiety, in a sense of isolation or loneliness or those type, you know, those types of emotions, it, it has a really, uh, huge impact on the body um, and, of course, on the mind. Um, yeah, and the other thing that reminded me of thinking about chemicals and emotions, I remember when I was going through the training for the Center for Mind-Body Medicine, and, um, you know, often people want to know when someone is really struggling or they've lost a loved one or whatever it is, like, what can I say? Like, what's the right thing to say? Or what's something that I can do, right? Because when we're seeing somebody in that sort of pain, like we want to help, um, you know, maybe because we want to help ease their pain sometimes. And I realize this in myself as an empath, someone who picks up on the energy of others. It also was to alleviate what I was starting to feel from what I was picking up from them. I was trying to alleviate that discomfort in myself by helping them. So that was a big insight for me. But um, so when we, um, it, it, it's not, what she said is it's not about saying the right thing or doing the right thing because everyone's different and we don't know what that right thing for them is. But if we can really just be in the moment, be present with them, showing up fully as best we can, not thinking about what happened yesterday or what we need to do when we're done here, but really being present with them, um, that is the best gift we can give. And one of the things that it does is it actually releases inhibitory peptides on their amygdala to help to calm their nervous system, to calm their brain, to calm their nervous system. And that doesn't mean that they instantly feel better, that everything's right. 
So um, I remember when Laura, um, the woman who trained me, said that I thought I had heard an elder say that one time, we are medicine for each other. And it was like, we truly are medicine for each other. Um, But it's not about doing or saying the right thing. It's about being fully present with that person, with whatever is going on for them. Um, And I think we can probably all think of times where we felt truly seen and heard and understood boy, is that a healing place to be, isn't it? So um, yeah, I've been thinking about that a lot more in my own life. Like how do I help create more spaces like that for others? And you, you talked about it's all connected and it goes back to what am I doing and building within myself? How am I practicing being present with myself so that that skill is very easily available to me or more easily available when I'm sitting with someone who is going through something difficult themselves. You're listening to Remembering Resilience. Miigwech for joining us. We are talking about relationships, connection, and the power each one of us possesses to hold space for one another in a good way. Living within a mainstream culture that tells us we need to do, act, achieve, to instead spend time truly listening to one another, to seek to understand another person's story from their perspective, that is the shift that makes a real difference. We return to the conversation about how this helps not only the other person we might be holding space for, but how it also reminds us as the listener to be mindful of our own journey towards growth, discovery, and overcoming. This revolutionary act of truly listening to one another is a way of returning to our culture, to our tradition, and it can be a pivotal step toward healing and offers an opportunity to strengthen relationship and a stronger sense of community for us all. It reminds me of um, of a quote out there um, by Thich Nhat Hanh that says, when we touch our own suffering, and I'm going to butcher this, and I have it written down. Let me just find it real quick. That to understand the suffering of others, we must first touch our own suffering and listen to it. And Susan, as you were talking, it reminded me of like, Um, being able to take care of the things that we need to so that we show up differently for others. And it's not to say that um, that our traumas fully 100% ever go away, but that when we touch it and that we heal it, process it, understand it, learn and grow from it, that we're able to set those pieces of of our stuff aside so that we show up differently for others and that we can hold others, um, we can hold uh, other people's traumas um, and be fully present with them without having it trigger um, ourselves. And so- you know, one of the things, Brianna, that that makes me think about is um, that so the HeartMath Institute, I mean, they have a lot of really great resources and I would I would really encourage people to, to check it out. So it's HeartMath Institute, I think, dot org or something like that. 
Um, but one of the things that they were talking about is like how our heart actually sends out electrical signals and it expands out beyond the body. So those electrical signals get sent out, you know, they expand out beyond the body and that our heart also acts as a receiver and takes in other people's electrical signals from their heart. So like when they're in a certain vicinity of us, and I think it's like, you know, within five to 10 feet or something like that. So that makes sense why, and especially some of us are even a little more sensitive than others to people's energy. When you're talking about like what energy we bring into a space, um, that's, you know, sort of the science catching up with some indigenous wisdom, right? In that, oh, our heart sends out electrical signals and it also receives signals from others. And so we're influencing each other in ways that can be measured um, with the scientific tools that we have now. And so it just makes me really curious thinking about in the future, what other um, things that indigenous knowledge has known will science finally catch up with because they'll have the tools to measure the things that we're talking about. Yeah, thank you, Susan, for that. Um... Yeah, because when I think about connection, I think about belonging. I also think the energetic uh, aspect to all of that and how much of that we we don't really even uh, realize is so important or that we're even, um, uh, you know, sharing with one another just that that energy aspect. And so I really appreciate you um, sharing that piece because that's exactly what I was trying to um, bring in and, and articulate can I just add one more quick piece, Lindsay, to this? So when talking about energy, like one of the things that that makes me think of and Brianna talking about what energy are we bringing into a space and, and our, our relationships with one another, thinking about are we mostly giving, are we mostly receiving, or is there a balance in the relationship, right? So, I mean, I think we all have had relationships with people that tended to be takers, and we were constantly giving and we weren't sort of replenished in that relationship. And others were maybe, maybe we took too much. Maybe we didn't give as much as, as we should have. And then others that feel more balanced. And I think all of us can sort of intuitively sense when that energetic balance happens because it, there's, a, there's a reciprocity that happens. There's an ease in it that happens. Like you give, I give when you're really needing it and you give when I really need it because we can't always be all, we're never all gonna be on our game at the same time, right? So sometimes when I'm off my game, I'm calling Brianna crying and you know, and whatever. And so it's like, you know, we, we take turns supporting one another. And so I think, again, it's that sort of stepping back and reflecting as we think about our relationships, especially with partners and friends and different things like that, what does that energy balance look like? Are we giving as much as we're, as we're, as we're, this is another thing, allowing ourselves to receive. Because sometimes that allowing ourselves to receive the love and the generosity, whatever it is of others, that can be really hard for some of us. And so when, you know, I think about like, I love to give, it's hard for me to receive, but how would I feel if I constantly was trying to give and people weren't taking it because of their own? So again, it, it helps us to sort of be like, okay, Susan, if you want others to be able to receive, you need to be open to receiving as well. And so having that, you know, a good balance, I think is important when we're talking about relationships and attachment and, and healthy relationships and well-being. Love that for sure. Yeah. Thank you for naming that, Susan, that idea that what we're allowing ourselves to receive, right? I think so often when we are naturally givers or helpers, um, I know for myself, I forget that sometimes that 
that it's okay to receive. And in fact, it's more than okay, right? Because then it's signaling to that other person um, that you value what they're they're willing to offer also. Yeah. And I think that reframing helps me quite a bit because I know I get stuck in these cycles of not wanting to reach out, not wanting to admit that I need help. And, and more than anything, usually it's me getting stuck in my own head and my own self-doubt. Um, however, knowing that the thing that's going to help me move through that um, is relationship, is connection, is being able to have my truths and my realities and my perspectives shared with another person and to also sometimes feel a little bit of that pushback that comes from good friends um, when our perceptions might be a little bit off because of our own traumas or our own uh, hardships and challenges that we're moving through. I think about the um, Susan you had shared just kind of like um, our connection um, that we've had and you know for sure 100% there are definitely times where I'm having uh, challenges in my life and I come to you and you accept and and I, I, I say that so lovingly because that's what it feels on my end when you are able to sit there and and hear me out. Um, I think of just being fully accepted by you. And when I think about ex- like being fully accepted by you, I have this um, beautiful sense of belonging. And so I just I wanted to share that piece because I think it's um, when I think about those feelings and emotions that are around this around our connection. And when we are able to be in balance with one another, you know, because there are certainly times where life has thrown you struggles and challenges and I'm there for you. I think one of the things that is is challenging with a lot of us who've experienced a lot of trauma is we probably have had primarily a lot of relationships that we weren't ever fully accepted, that there were consequences that were um you know, I, where you feel like you have to show up a certain way in order to be loved, in order to be okay in that relationship. And so that makes us then much less likely to share or want to reach out or show any vulnerability. I've heard it said before that trauma compromises our ability to engage with others by replacing patterns of connection with patterns of protection. And, and I think about that so often and even my own tendencies to put those walls up um, when, when I, I maybe I'm not feeling safe uh, in a relationship. And sometimes it's not even about that other person, as you're saying, right? Sometimes it's about whatever is unhealed in me that is being stirred up. And so I also think about the ideas uh, of knowing the collective traumas uh, we as Indigenous people have gone through, that our ancestors have moved through, and knowing that oftentimes those elements that bring us safety, that bring us um, that sense of consistency and solidity are often those very things that were targeted um, and taken away from us, right? I think of belonging, uh, and I know as an Indigenous woman um, who struggles sometimes with feeling accepted by community um, for many reasons, right? I've never grew up on the res. I uh, 
am white passing. I, you know, don't fit some people's mold of what it should be to be a Native woman. And because of that, I think oftentimes, both in my professional life as well as my personal life, I can feel that trauma response creep in when I'm feeling the opposite of belonging, right? When I'm feeling rejected, when I'm feeling like I'm being kept on the outside, when I feel like people are questioning my my motives or my purpose or my identity. And I think that there's others who can relate to that. Again, because I think that was some of that collective wounding um, that took place on both ends, right? And not only for me and feeling that from other people, but also from those other people who, who have their own wounds um, that sometimes then enact that out upon others as well. And so always, for me, part of my healing journey is to always take that step back and to say, you know, what else is going on in this interaction, in this story, in this relationship? And to recognize that sometimes it isn't about me, right? That sometimes it's people's own traumas, own wounds, um, showing up in ways that sometimes can be harmful to others as well. Yeah, that whole piece about, and this is something I've really been trying to work on the last five years um, as a person who is very empathic and, you know, is trying to figure out like what's mine and what's someone else's. So it is too for me, like trying to figure out like, okay, what's mine and what's not mine. And if it's not mine, is it my role or job? Like what, what is my role or job within this to help hold space or not? And then also remembering, like checking back in with myself, like, do I have the capacity right now? Because if my energy is blinking red, I might really want to help, but the best thing I can probably do is say, you know what, I really wish I could help hold this space for you right now, but I need to recharge and, you know, seeing it maybe is there somebody else they can talk to or, you know, trying to help make a connection. But sometimes like we really, I think we often think like we, we always have to give no matter what, but if we you know, if we give to the point of running out of energy, then we become resentful, we become angry, and then, then we're not healing or holding healing space then either. So most definitely another quote that comes to mind that resonates with me is this idea that even when my job is to listen, my story is always present. And I think being aware of that and giving ourselves grace um, as we navigate that, um, those things that might come up, right? When, when we are trying to connect with others, again, that, that's not necessarily the be all end all of it, but it's that first step towards working on our own self-awareness, how that extends to our social awareness, to our relationships with one another. Uh, it's just another step in the journey, most definitely to consider. You have been listening to Remembering Resilience. Thank you for joining us as we explore these concepts, many of which are rooted in the traditional and ancestral wisdom that made our communities strong since time immemorial. The outside forces of history did their best to dismantle these systems of support, our values, our ways of knowing and being that gave our people their strength. While for a time, because of this forced disconnection, many of us may have forgotten these ways of being, we know with certainty and hope that now we are at a time where both individually and collectively we are remembering. We are remembering our resilience. 
Chi Miigwech to Susan Bolio and Brianna Matrius for today's conversation around the importance of relationship, belonging, and connection as we remember our own resilience, both individually and collectively. We know that as human beings, as Indigenous relatives, we need one another. We are all interconnected. We were made to be in community. We are meant to be in relationship with one another. Immense strength can be drawn from our collective wells, from offering a life-giving cup of compassion and wisdom and connection to one another when one of us grows weary on our journey. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Remembering Resilience. We hope you come back for our next episode where we explore how finding a sense of belonging within our communities, our culture, and our spiritual practices can provide hope and healing as we continue to transcend our traumas and seek ways we can all thrive. Let's heal together. Gigawabamen Minawa. During today's conversation is thanks to the band Warbonnet. Warbonnet is Native American rock from the Ojibwe reservations of northern Minnesota. Check them out online at warbonnetofficial.com and on social media. This podcast is developed through a health power project at Family Wise Services, home of Prevent Child Abuse Minnesota with support from the Center for Prevention at Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Minnesota and the University of Minnesota Extension Family Resilience. You can find the full Remembering Resilience series at rememberingresilience.home.blog. You've heard our stories, our experiences, and now we want to hear from you. Tell us what you think in a brief survey by going to surveymonkey.com forward slash r forward slash podcast rr. When you fill out the survey, you will be entered into a drawing for a gift card to Birchbark Books, held monthly through 2022. That's surveymonkey.com forward slash r forward slash podcast rr. Chi miigwech.